The Mishnah described that if the emissaries of the father give her over to emissaries of the husband, she's considered in their domain. And she's considered in the husband's domain. On the side, we have a Nosei Mivne heading. And as you scan the Gemara, you'll notice triangles appear. In fact, uh, four in number. These are Deois uh, different opinions as to what results when we say that as a result of uh, the father uh, giving over the daughter to the Shluch Baal, she's considered in the Baal's domain. What are the, what are the results of this? Omar Rav, Rav is the first opinion, he says, Messirasa. La Kul Chutz Mi Truma Truma when we say that she's given over uh, to the husband's domain she's considered in the husband's domain with regard to everything except for the eating of Truma Veravasi Omar Afli Truma and Ravasi says even for Truma we must provide a little more background to this issue than just the translation of the Gemara. And we do so by looking into the Rashi. Chutz me'achilas truma, the taima dida, the reason for this, uh, this for this idea of a, of a woman who, though is married on a Torah level to this man, she's married to a Kohen. And the Torah says that a Kohen who acquires, uh, acquires slaves, acquires a wife. His acquisitions are entitled to eat from Truma. So on a purely Torah level, it, one would expect the Arusa to be entitled to Truma. And yet we're saying all along, no, not so. She doesn't eat from Truma at that point. Why not? So there are actually um, two opinions as to why that is. Rashi continues, Mishum Simpon. He will come on Simpon is a, a word meaning something that undoes. Uh, on a more practical level, simpon will say means a blemish. The husband discovers a blemish, a bodily blemish on his wife, something that he did not expect. The girl has been given over to whom? To the Shluche Habal. Are we going to let her eat Truma? When she eventually reaches the husband, he might discover on her these blemishes. And he'll say that I didn't intend to marry a woman with blemishes like this. And that would then reveal that the initial Kiddushin and certainly the Nisuin was all one big mistake. And that retroactively she was never married to a Kohen. So how would, how would things look if in the meantime she was eating Truma, something to, whom, something to which she was not entitled whatsoever? So that helps to explain why Rav says she is not entitled to Truma. Even though she's entitled to everything else we described earlier as characteristic being Birshus Habal, not to Truma because of the Chashash of Simpon. Rav Asi, on the other hand, said she's entitled to eating from Truma at this point in time. That Mosrav Lishluchi Abal, she's no longer in her father's domain. Physically speaking, she's no longer in her father's house. She's been removed from there. Why does uh, Ravasi say that uh, she's entitled to eating from Truma? Because Ravasi, in his whole approach to the Arusa, not eating from Truma that we mentioned earlier, was a different reason for that. Not because of the Chashash Simpon. That the, the fear of the uh, the tos, the retroactive undoing of the marriage, but rather, as long as she's still in her father's house physically, imagine she would receive a bottle of truma wine. Is there not a fear that maybe she'll share the wine with her brothers, 
with other members of her family that are not Kohanim? Sure, that's a fear. That's called Shema Yimzugula Kaisbevesavia. We're afraid she'll fill up a cup of uh, truma wine in her father's house. Rashi says, all, I'm reading from the Rashi, he points that out under the second triangle that you can see in the Rashi. But once the father has given her over to the agents, the emissaries of her husband, the Kohen, there's no longer any fear of that. So if, while, they're, while they're in the... Uh, uh, in the limousine uh, driving with her to her new husband and they want to uh, uncork a bottle of fine Truma wine so there's nothing wrong, nothing, no reason for her not to partake of it that's Rav Asi's approach now I'm uh, going to skip, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit over here but hopefully this will benefit us later in the Gemara We've read so far the two first triangles, Rav and Ravasi. There are more triangles that come along the way. Later in the Gemara, a little less, almost halfway down, you'll see on the side there's a long bracket marking. So on the, the first one online is Latruma. Then there's a Mesve. Mesve introduces a, a, a question. It's from a, a rather long Tanaic source. Most of the Tanaic source you'll see is bracketed off. We'll skip the bracketed section initially, and you'll notice it, it leads us to a line ending with the word Litruma, and we, we would read Litruma, Ein Isha Ochilis Betruma, Ad Shetikones Lechopa. A woman is not entitled to eat from Truma until she enters the Chopa. Tiyufta de Kulhu. And the Gemara at that point will say this source represents a refutation of, of all. And when you learn the Rashi and the Toysvis, especially the, the Toysvis, the Tufta the Kulu, even though Kulu is a term in the, in the plural, nevertheless it's really a focus on Rav Asi's opinion. Rav Asi said that even though she is simply with the Shluche Abao, Ravasi says she's entitled to tr- even to Truma, even though she hasn't entered Nisuin yet. This Tanaic source says she's not entitled to Truma until Nisuin. So this source represents a Tiyufta to anyone who would say that she is entitled to Truma prior to the actual Nisuin, the actual Chuppah. That's as, well, as far as okay, superstructure of the upcoming section of Gemara. Of course, we have a lot more to do until we get to that. We just read Rav Asi's opinion regarding the father giving her over to the Shluche Abal, and we're talking about Abal who was a Kohen. Rav Asi says she's entitled to Truma as well. And now we have a, a, a smaller bracketed section. If you skip the bracketed section, you see Ushmuel Omar. She, the, she's considered in the, in the husband's domain with regard to a husband's right to inherit her if she dies en route. If she dies en route, she would be entitled to inheriting uh, uh, the, uh, the nidunya, the uh, uh, dowry that she brought into the marriage. Now, Rashi points out under Shmuel, but with regard to Truma and other things, uh, uh, she is not entitled to it. So that Shmuel will go along with Rav in that sense, not for Truma purposes. But she's considered in the domain of the husband for Yerusha purposes. If we look at Rashi, a few lines down from here, Shmuel Amar Yerushasa, who de Mahanya Mesira, the giving over from the father to the husband emissaries, is of of a consequence. She Mesabaderech, if she dies en route, Baal Yoresh Nedunyasa, the the husband is entitled to in, inherit the 
nidunya. Those are the properties that the uh, that the father had assigned to his daughter in anticipation of her marriage. The avagav diomamar, even though it has been taught, ishto arusa mesa eno yosha. Then when an arusa dies, the husband does not inherit her. Hacha kiva de mosra. Here, since the father gave her over, achuli achil av mehashta machmas kiruv nisuin. The father is. Uh, Foregoing is forfeit, so to speak, his claim on those properties simply because she has achieved um, the, the, the closeness or the bonding of the Nisuin. In other words, she, the, this is what the Mesira accomplishes a type of, let's say, a quasi Nisuin. In other words, she's no longer considered a straightforward Arusa, which would have stated, Aino Yarsha. But here at this point, yes, your shop. This concept, by the way, of uh, Kiruv Nisuin, uh, I think we saw that reflected um, before in the uh, in the concept of Mishum Ichtuni. Uh, that um, uh, it's a, again, it's a concept. I don't know in terms of. Being uh, uh, very uh, exact in the comparisons, uh, that I I'm, I wouldn't say because uh, there the, the the source was speaking about Arusin. Here we're speaking about a stage slightly beyond Arusin. <clears throat> but nevertheless, this concept of a father being happy with his daughter achieving marital status, you can see that that is. A, a factor, something that we saw before back on Mem Zion and Bays. But here, the, we're being very, very specific, very, very focused in, in pointing out different stages. We're not, we're dealing with something just beyond strict Erusin. She's been given over to the husband's emissaries. So as far as Shmuel is concerned, this is the time at which, uh, from this point on, the husband would be entitled to inherit properties that the father had dedicated toward his daughter's marriage but and we're emphasizing as Rashi says Shmuel is not saying that she's entitled that uh, at, at this point she would be entitled to Truma, that not so Reish Lakish is a fourth approach and uh, we did skip brackets, we're not forgetting that we'll get back to that momentarily but Reish Lakish Omar Liksubasa the Mesira uh, to from the father to the Shluch Abal is a, uh, a reference to the Ksuba. Uh, what does that? What exactly that means? The Gemara will have to deal with that. It's not clear yet. Let's go back over the bracketed section. We had seen Rav Asi who said that the giving over to the husband's emissaries is for all intents and purposes, now she is in the reshus of the Baal, even for eating truma. The, uh, within the bracketed section, you'll see there's an attempt to ask on Rav Asi, but Rav, ironically speaking, Rav is doche that attempt. I say ironically because Rav himself disagrees with Rav Asi, but you'll see a certain level of called honesty in the Shas, uh, that when you ask a question on your adversary uh, even though he is your adversary you want to make sure that the question is not something the adversary can easily reject if it is so it doesn't benefit you at all another version is the two versions of who's asking on Ravasi the first version has Rav Huna Rav Huna is a student of Rav the second version is the son of Rav, Chiyobarav, is asking on Ravasi. The uh, the source says, Li Oilom, he birshus ho'av, ad shetikones lechupa. She is considered in the father's domain until entrance to the marriage canopy. And when you say the implication is uh, regarding truma consumption as well. 
that she's not entitled because her father is a non-Kohen. Let's making that, of course, that's the assumption. The father is a non-Kohen. She is marrying a Kohen. She's considered in the father's domain with regard to truma consumption, namely prohibited in truma consumption until entrance to marriage canopy. What did Ravasi say about it? Ravasi said, no, even before the chuppah, as long as she's given to the emissaries of the husband, she is, yes, entitled to truma. So that's the question that was posed against Ravasi. Omar Luhu Rav. Rav says to, to them, namely either to, to Rav Huna, his student, or to his son, Chia. He says, Lava Mina Luhu, didn't I tell you, Lotezlu Bosser Ibcha? Don't pursue or don't follow things that can be flipped around. In other words, don't ask questions from sources that he could easily turn around and actually use to support his own point of view. He, Ravasi, could tell you that that her being given over to the husband's emissaries is the equivalent, is is her entrance to the marriage canopy. That's a form of chuppah. The term chuppah we often translate as marriage canopy, but it represents a halachic concept as well. So that her being given over to the husband's emissaries is the equivalent of chuppah. And then the source is saying that, well, she's now she's entitled to, to, to truma at the point she's given over to the emissaries of the husband. And that is exactly what Ravasi would like you to believe. So, the question that was attempted here in the brackets on Ravasi, you can see, is rejected. We go on now with the third opinion as to what is accomplished when we say, for inheritance purposes. And we went through the uh, Rashi that we mentioned, that Rashi described that as the Nidunya property that the father had assigned to his daughter in anticipation of her marriage. The, if she dies in Ruth, the husband will be entitled to those things. Uh, however, um, Rashi adds, as we alluded to uh, orally before, but if we look, let's look together at the continuation of the Rashi. Uh, we're looking at Rashi that you'll find pretty much in the middle of the Rashi uh, column, uh, under the Dibar Maso Shmar Lushosa, halfway down into that Rashi, you'll see. Avol Latruma, there's a squiggle underline Avol. Rashi says Avol Latruma, Ulafaras Nidoral, Shilobishupis. However, regarding her rights to Truma and the, the father's uh, or the, the, the husband's, let's say, the, the husband's ability to annul her vows uh, in an exclusive fashion without the father uh, um, accompanying him, Ulamitsiasa. And um, the rights to her found to f- items that she finds, the Eino Elo Mishum Eva. The the reason that uh, the uh, the found items are transferred over is to that she doesn't keep the found items is simply to prevent ill feelings. Vakati this, this idea of Eva. Is, isn't present yet. Lomahanyo Masira Kihupa. Regarding those things that, let's say, the husband should be entitled to things she finds, that doesn't apply yet. The Masira is not the equivalent of Chupa regarding those things. Regarding a husband's exclusive rights to annul her vows. Regarding the eating of Truma that she would receive in merit of marrying a Kohen. And uh, and as we said, the, uh, the 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 items that she finds, they don't go to the husband yet. But as far as inheriting the nidunya, if she dies in root, the husband is entitled to that. We continue in the Gemara. The mesira, the giving over, helps with benefit to the ksuba. 
uh, we have a, a, a small bracketed section on the side we have a, a starred, a double starred note after the bracketed section Reish just said if you skip the brackets you see uh, the Gemara's explanation of that within the brackets the Gemara expresses its difficulty in understanding what is Reish Lakish trying to say we go back now to the Gemara Reish Lakish said that the Mesira helps Liksubasa if we skip the brackets you can see the answer is Lomar Ksubasa Me'acher Mona it means that in, if this uh, if the husband to be after she was given to his emissaries if that husband dies before they actually consummate their marriage she is considered a widow but a widow from Nisuin and when, if she marries another man she is entitled to a ksuba only of 100 as is the case of an almona from Nisuin. This is in contrast to a woman who became an almona from a state of Erusin, and she's still a uh, virgin, and she's a, an almona from Erusin, that would entitle her to a suba of 200. But the Mesira to the husband's emissaries makes her considered a nisua with regard to the, the amount of ksuba she'd be entitled to upon her marrying a second man in the event that the uh, husband dies at this early point in time. Let's go over now the bracketed section. That the mesira to the shluchei abal is beneficial for been considered in the Rishus of the Baal for Ksuba purposes. Ksuba Samaihi. What do you mean by Ksuba? Do you mean that, does, does Rishlokish mean that, that if she dies uh, at this point that she was merely transferred to the Shluche Habal, that that husband will inherit the Nidunya that the father had assigned her? Well, Hainu de Shmuel, that's exactly what Shmuel said when he said the Rishasa. So Rishlokish isn't a it doesn't need to just repeat that which Shmuel said. Omar Ravinos. Ravino explains what Reish Lakish really meant. Loimark Subasa Me'acher Mona. That once she is given over to the Shluchei Habal, at that point in time, if that Baal dies before she ever reaches him, in, uh, in f- physically reaches him, she nevertheless is considered an Almona from Nisuin. And that if she marries someone else, that's the Ksubosa Me'acher. Me'acher is a second husband. Mona would be only 100. Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Chanina, the Amri Travayu, Mesirosa Lakul Af Lutruma. Well, you have more opinions that line up with Ravasi. Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Chanina. They say the Mesira to the Shluch Abal entitles her even to eat from Truma. Mesve. And then, as we, we did before, but we'll do it again. We have a Tanaic source, a lot of information in the middle that will be dealt with later by the Gemara. But if we skip the bracketed section, use your bracket length indicator, you come to a point at which it says, Litruma, Eini Shochelis Betruma, Achetikones Lechupa. Tiyufta Dekulhu. This source is saying she's not entitled to Truma until she physically enters the Chuppah. This would be a, a repudiation or a refutation of all those that had, let's say, had, had, had agreed or had said what they did like Rav Asi. So you have Rav Asi is, uh, it becomes problematic here. And we have uh, Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Hanina who indicate that the uh, who indicate that she could eat from Truma even prior to Chupa, and this says that that's not the case. This is a problem for them. Meisve. We will be seeing a number of details 
in this Tanaic source that the Gemara will relate to later on. But as we already demonstrated with the brackets, we have the immediate agenda was, is to, is to uh, get to the question that, as Toysavis says, is directed at all those who said that the Mesira is effective even to enable her to eat Truma, and from this source we are to see not so. With all that having been said, we go now within the brackets. Holach ho'av im shluche habal, o shaholchu shluche ho'av im shluche habal. These are cases that we saw in the Mishnah, where the father is, uh, say, still in the picture. He's going with the husband's emissaries along with his daughter, or the hu- father's emissaries are going along with the husband's emissaries. Oi. The markings that you see here are necessary for the Gemara later on. On the side, you can see under the Mivne, you see a diamond. Hadgoshas law below, words that are emphasized by the diamond. The Tzarecha Gemara Lekamon, it's necessary for the Gemara later on. The uh, dashed underlining is Hadgoshas Nifnesa Imoi, Shemafia Beresha Besefa. These expressions appear in both parts of the source as well. So, the third scenario is Or the the girl has a courtyard uh, en route and she goes with him to uh, to rest, Lolin, to, to sleep, to rest. We should point out, uh, let's glance at Rashi momentarily, uh, that we're, Rashi we're looking at the last, the last third of the Rashi commentary. Imo in bylaw. You know, this uh, case involves the, the father is uh, still uh, in the picture, it seems, and uh, she goes with the husband. Uh, into this chotzer kishar lina baderech balma v'lo l'shem nisuin. She goes into this uh, into this chotzer, uh, into this courtyard for resting purposes, but not for nisuin purposes. And that's what we have to emphasize. As far as the the father's presence here, yes or no? That I, I'm not uh, committing myself to either way. But what is clear is that she goes the, with the husband. Now, we're talking about a man that was ma'ares her. He, uh, he had entered the first stage of marriage, and they go into this chotzer for resting purposes. Even though the articles that have been dedicated toward her dowry Rashi says, These are portables, these are items of value that her father dedicated to his daughter upon her marriage to the husband. Mesa, if she dies at this point, her father will inherit. So uh, in these cases, cases one and two and and three, you see that the the in cases one and two it's very clear that the father is still in the picture, and in case three we said that she she's uh, she went into a into her courtyard for resting purposes only. That's not considered uh, nisu, and they went in only for resting purposes. If she dies, she's basically dying as an arusa. And as such, the father inherits her. We continue. Again, familiar cases where the father gave her over to the husband's emissaries, or the emissaries of the father gave her over to the husband's emissaries. Father is no longer in the picture. Or the husband had a courtyard en route to their home, to the husband's house. 
And she goes into this courtyard for Nisuin purposes. Even if the articles of value are still in her father's house, Mesah, if she dies at this point, the husband will inherit her. So you have a case of uh, Mesira, as we saw. And this, by the way, is very similar to what Shmuel had said above. When does this Mesira to the Shluchim be considered Nisuin? L'Yerushasa. It's only for Yerusha purposes. And here, this, this is a very clear qualification. This is very clear than a, a problem for Avasi. And, and what Rav had commented on earlier uh, cannot be... Uh, Rav, if you recall, before says that when you see Tikkunis Lechupa, you can interpret that as uh, Mesira to the Shulche Abal. But here, the source is very clear, uh, not agreeing with that interpretation for this source. As far as this source is concerned, Mesira Lechluchim is not considered the Chupa with regard to Truma. Tiyufta so that this source, by its conclusion, that, let's read the last two lines of the source again. When do we say that the Mesira to the Shluchim of the Baal is considered Nisuin? That's with regard to inheritance purposes. As far as Truma eating is concerned, a woman does not eat from Truma until she enters an actual marriage canopy. Not a not a courtyard. It seems not say, It seems to be saying you are not a courtyard uh, of his. That's 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 uh, l'shem nisuin. Right. That we have to discuss a, a little bit further later on. But certainly, as Rashi directs the discussion, that the bamed vamurim is a qualification concerning the mesira to the shluchim is not considered nisuin for truma purposes. That having been said, the Gemara concludes, This is a refutation of all those that said that she is entitled to Truma purposes, uh, like Ravasi, like Rabbi Yochanan, like Rabbi Hanina, the way, the way uh, Rashi presents it. This is a refutation of all those who disagreed with Shmuel. Shmuel said that the, the giving over to the Shluchim is for Yerusha purposes, and that's what this source says. Not for other things, as Shmuel had indicated through uh, Rashi's uh, interpretation. And hence, this is a tiyufta to all of those. At this point, the, uh, the Gemara uh, analyzes the source itself. It says, the Gemara says, Ha gufa kashya. This source what, it, it presents to us an inherent problem. Amris nichnesa imololin. Notice the arrow that we have here, and it lines you up with the quote from above. It said that if uh, she went together with the husband into her chotzer for resting purposes, that it's not considered uh, as if she uh, entered the husband's domain. Taima delolin. Well, the reason is because their their interest was simply for uh, for resting purposes. Was a, clearly for resting purposes. Hostama, if they went in for uh, some undefined reason, without they they simply went in, not for an expressed purpose of resting, resting on uh, from, uh, from the journey, but they they stam stam means in an unqualified, undefined entrance to that chotzer. Well, then we would conclude, Hostama, it's Lashain Nisuin, it's tantamount to Nisuin. Nisuin being the consummation of the marriage would be accomplished then and there. Amor Seifa, well, then can, can state the continuation of the source. Nich Nisa Imo Lashain Nisuin. 
We saw that in the case that he had a chotzer, and they went in for nisuin purposes. Hostama, we would infer that if it was for some undefined reason, not a specified nisuin purpose, but stama, that would be lolin. That would be like the equivalent of going in for resting and not accomplish anything. So that when you look at this entrance to Chatzeros in a stam, in an undefined or unstated, for an unstated purpose, we would seem to have a contradiction. The inference from the Reisha led us to say that stam is L'Shem Nesuin, and the inference from the Seifa indicates stam is not L'Shem Nesuin. Omar Ravashi. Ravashi explains, Stami, Stami, Kotoni. There are two cases of stam, but there are two different circumstances that now we will emphasize. Remember, we have the diamonds above. There was her chotzer, and then there's his chotzer. So Ravashi says, stami, stami, kotoni. There are two cases of stam that are taught here. Stam chotzer dido equals lolin. If they go into her chotzer, it's property that she owns. Uh, without any defined reason, you can assume that it means lolin. Not as we thought before that they went in there with a stated purpose of lolin. But rather, they went in without any defined purpose. We will say that that does not constitute nisuin. Because the stam chotzer of her stam chotzer en route would be for simple resting purposes. However, Stam Chotzer Didei, entering a piece of property, a Chotzer, a courtyard that he owns, that's there, that's located en route to his house, and they go into his property without any defined purpose, you can rest assured that is Linisuin. Let's take a look at the Rashi. Stami uh, Stami Kotoni, on the last narrow line of the Rashi commentary, the section of the source in the ratio that said she entered for resting purposes. It's not as if she announced, uh, let's go in here to rest and, and not for Nisuin purposes. And the Seifa that says she went in for Nisuin, let's go in to finally consummate our marriage. In both cases, they entered without any expressed reason or goal. And it's the Tana that is telling us that if it's, you're dealing with her courtyard, their undefined entrance is, is for sure not for Nisuin. They're, they're simple, they're undefined, unstated entrances, so to rest. But if it's his courtyard, you can assume that these, the undefined uh, entrance on her part to his chutzer, uh with him is for Nisuin purposes, for consummating their marriage, and with all that that uh, implies. We turn back to the Gemara text. Tona. Uh, there's a little note that we have on the side. Afapishelo um, simanu ezet with a with a triangle. Mispar chamesh. What we're about to read, we, we're not uh, listing this as a as a number five. Mikol makom zuod gisha letoitza shel mesiros av This represents another. Uh, result of what happens when the father gives the daughter over to the husband's emissaries. That, of course, was the 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 focus, the discussion of the first four triangles. So, in that sense, this is a say a continuation of that theme. Tona Moser Av If the uh, once the father gives his daughter over to um, the husband's emissaries. Vizinsa, if at that point she has an illicit uh, uh, act of intimacy, Hare zu bechenek. 
she's viewed as a nisua, and her punishment, her form of execution is chenek, which is the which is strangulation, which is the execution given to a nisua, and not stoning, which is the ex, which is the form of ex- execution that would be administered to an arusa. Mino hanimili. What's the basis for this? Omar of Ami, Bar Hamo, Omar Kro, the Posuk regarding uh, stoning says there's no space of here. That the stoning is given when Znus was uh, was uh, um, violated in the context of her father's home. Prat this is to the exclusion Habal. That already, where she was, where the father gave her over to the husband's emissaries, she's not called Beis Ovi anymore, and hence no skila. There's a, a house marking that appears on the under the Mivne heading. They highlight Shnei Sheelos Shinish Alois Shtei Sheelos. Two questions Shinish that are raised. In light of that which we just learned in this source, Tana Mosar Ha'av, that uh, we just learned. So, the Gemara. The Amar. Prat. When we want to say that a. Uh, a um, the, we have a possible. There's no space of here. Who is to say. That Lizno's base of is coming to exclude from Skila the uh, the scenario of her being given over to husband's emissaries. Maybe uh, she's still considered a pure, a straightforward Arusa at that point. And if you want to know what it, the Posig is coming to exclude, it's coming to exclude from Skila this case, which is very close to Nisuin. It's it's she, she went into the marriage canopy, but he hasn't had intimacy with her yet. That at that point, even though he hasn't had actual intimacy with her, but once she enters the marriage canopy, then she loses her her let's say arusa slash skila status. That's the case that's excluded. But uh, if she's only given over to the shluche habal, she, she would still be. Uh, uh, a candidate, or uh, um, should be still susceptible to the to the ski law uh, execution if she has nus. There's a uh, Rashi that we'll look at together, five lines from the bottom. Viema prat It's enough. That this case alone we will exclude from ski law. The low. Tema that you shouldn't think Nara Basula Ksiv Gabi Skilavo Akati Basula Havoi that in the context of Skila you see that the Torah describes a a virgin as um, a, a, a Nara that's she's between twelve and twelve and eleven she's also a virgin and and in fact this case of Nifnasulakhubavalonivla she still is a virgin. And so here you have a chiddush that even though she's still a virgin, she's still like the, which, that which the Torah describes as getting skila, she won't get skila. Avol zu the case of Mosraav to shluchei abal shaf lechupalo nichnasa she hasn't even entered a marriage canopy yet lo miatoakosuf the Torah hasn't excluded her from skila vakati beisovia karina bay and we would still refer to her as being in the father's home. She would still be considered worthy or or deserving of skila. The Gemara answers. Now you'll note that we have a long answer. Omar Rava. Omar Li Ami. Rava tells us that Ami told him Chupa. Behedya Ksiva. The uh, idea of a a girl who entered Chupa, that's Nixo Velo Nivala, that's stated explicitly that she will not get Skila. So that case is already covered. 
So then what am I going to do with Liznois Beis Aviyah? I'll have nothing left to do with it other than to say that it is coming to exclude the case, exclude from Skila the case of Mosrav, Lishluchabal. So that in effect, both cases are, are really covered. It's not just not just uh, that's already stated explicitly as not deserving of skila, but even the case of also will not get skila and here we see that the case of is excluded from skila it's stated explicitly how, is, how do you see that? so we have a posuk now this posuk is in the context of skila The Pasuk describes who would get skila if it's a nara besula meirosa leish. Nara velobogeres. She'd have to first of all be between 12 and 12 and a half in order to deserve skila. And not a bogeres, whereas it's above 12 and a half. Besula velobula. She'd have to be a virgin not having had intimacy already. Meirosa velonesua. My Nesua, when you say she has to be categorized as a Meorosa, as Erosin, and not a Nesua, what do you mean when you say not a Nesua? Elaim on Nesua, Mamish, literally Nesua. That means that she had the marriage canopy and also had intimacy with her husband. Hainu Basula. She's already excluded from the word basula, which says that skill is given only if she's an actual virgin. But if she were and nivala, so she's already excluded by basula. I don't need the word meorosa to exclude that. So let's read that again. That is already covered by the exclusion before from the word basula, which meant basula, not a baula. Elolav. So what does Maurasa indicate? Maurasa means Maurasa gets skila, but not someone else. Elolav If she merely entered the marriage canopy without the subsequent intimacy with her husband, still she will not get skila. Not only if she had the intimacy, even if she didn't have the intimacy, even though technically speaking she's still a besula, she nevertheless is not a candidate for skila. And that's what we meant before when we said that is is excluded from skila by the presence of this word meirosa. So fine. Ma'orosa or does not get skila from the word Ma'orosa. What does the Pasuk of Liznoi Space of communicate? That tells us that even if she was merely transferred from the father to the husband's emissaries, she too, if she was Mizana at that point, will not be subject to skila. Now, you'll notice that we have a, a, a semicolon that indicates that we, as we continue, we're continuing, but not in, in a continuous, let's say, direct train of thought, but nevertheless, a, a similar uh, uh, say a question in light of that which we've learned in the source of Mosrav Lishlichabal, another question in that general context is being raised. It's a new question, and and uh, Rashi makes a point uh, makes a point of that in his commentary. The let us suggest the hecha de hadra lebei nasha, hadra lemilso kamaisa. Rashi at the top, hachi garcino ve ema hecha de hadra lebei nasha tada lemilso kamaisa. If she were to return to her father's house, Bein Nosha means her father's house. Mi havio kamishalo nimsara. Would it be then in our uh, halachic approach be as if she was never given over? Does her return? Let's say she backs out. She uh, from the the father had given over to Shulchan and then she goes back home. Would you say that that's as if she was never given over? 
Rashi says, Bayo bi alma. It's a general kind of question. It's not a it's not a serious question. Elo, uh, it's not a serious question in, in so far as our questioning text or 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 or, or facts. Elo, dikotoni masnisin. We were taught harehi brushus habal that when you have mosra ha'av l'shluche habal. The Mishnah said she is considered in the Rishus of the Baal. Umashma, when you say she's considered in the domain of the husband, it seems even if she were to go back while, while en route, she would go back to her father's house. She's considered as having left the father's domain. Shluchin Ella Mikro Yasero de Besavia. Since this whole concept of being given over to emissaries is something derived from a, an extra expression, the uh, we saw Lizno's Besavia, that Besavia expression. Amor, there leaves me room to think Hecha de Hadra, that where she does go back to her father's house, meaning that when she is in the rishus of these shluchim, all right, she's not called Beisovi anymore. And we mentioned that if she would have znus at that point, she wouldn't get skila. But, let's say she actually went back to her father's house. Karinon, Beisovi or Karinon Bey. We would call that Beisovi of Imzin Soteba Skilan. If she would have znus now... Now that she returned and, and phys- physically to her father's house, she would be subject to the penalty of stoning if she would have znus. Uh, don't make any mistake. When we say she goes back, it doesn't mean she's getting divorced from her Arusan state. <coughs> she's still an Arusa. <coughs> she just went back to her father's house. Does that undo <coughs> her having been given over to the Shluchei Abal? The Gemara answers, and note that we have a long answer here. Omar Rava, Hahu, Kvar Poskotona, Debei, Rabbi Shmoli. Question you're posing has been resolved already by a Tanaic source taught in the Yeshiva of Rabbi Ishmael. And so as not to keep you in suspense, the, the answer that this source uh, tells us is that uh, she does not undo. She doesn't go back to her original base of the status, even though she physically went back to the house. The Tana Debe Rabbi Shmuel. The Postuk says, Veneder Almona Ugrusha Kolashir Osra Nafshi Translated, the vow of a widow or of a divorcee, uh, anything she takes upon herself. Uh, she uh, is uh, must be fulfilled. You know, Yokumala, the vow takes hold. Ma Talmud Lomar, what is the point of teaching this? The idea of Yokum Olao, that it, 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 uh, the, that the vow takes hold. It's obvious that the vow takes hold. There's no one to undo it. Ma Talmud Lomar, what do I have to tell you, Yokum Olao, that it takes hold? Vahalo Mutzeis Michlal Av, she's out of the father's domain, Umutzeis Michlal Balan, she's out of the, she's out of her husband's domain. These are the only people that might have been able to absolve her vows, and they're not, she's not in their domain. So why do I have to say Yokum Oleha? Just like we know in general vows are binding, so her vow is also binding. It's not the type of vow that's subject to absolution. Ella. So here we uh, we have to let's say we have to find out what is the uh, what is the pasuk coming to tell us. So that uh, Rashi already um, introduces and let, we could take a look at Rashi. The pasuk isn't coming to tell me about the, the straightforward case of a a widow or a, or a, um, a woman divorced from uh, the from the suin. Uh, that's already covered by a Poskin Base Isha Nadora that's covered already by the by the inference from a pasuk dealing with a married woman, which says that her husband will annul or or has the power to uh, absolve or annul those vows. And uh, if if she doesn't have a husband, so then the vows are to the stick. 
So what do we mean, uh, what is the Pasuk here when it talks about Amona Grusha, what is it coming to teach us? So now let's go back to the Gomorrah text. Ella, Haresha Mosorav Lishluche Habal. A father gave his daughter over to agents of the husband. Uh, or the father's agents gave her over to the husband's agents and she made a vow en route en route to the husband that's waiting for her and he died the husband died or he decided to divorce her how shall I relate to her Base ovia shelzu o base bailo shelzu is she considered in her father's house? Is she considered in her husband's house? Ela lomar loch. The pasuk tells me, kevan shiot shachas mishusav. Once she left her father's domain, even for a for a moment, shuv eno yachol lahafir. The father can no longer absolve those vows. So what's the point? Once she leaves for a moment, that's it. Father's out of the picture. She's no longer considered base of And therefore, with regard to the question above, if she goes back to the father's domain, uh, house after she was en route with the Shluche Habao, and she is Mizana, she. Uh, and, and she's Mizana after she goes back to her father's house, she's not going to be considered back in his Rishus. Just like the father will not be able to annul her vows, so too the the uh, penalty of skila will no longer apply. Now we had started learning a Rashi together. Let us pick up where we left off. You'll notice that we have right across from here the dashed underlined section of the Rashi. The Pusik had mentioned Neder Almona Grusha is uh, essentially Yokomolao. Ela la'almona, we're talking about a widow ayadei mesiras shluchim. We're talking about a woman who became almona uh, at, at, through being given over to husband's emissary. Sha'an achshav lo pirshu lo chaksuvim ela mishpat noideres beis avio, mishpat noideres beis isha. Up till now, the psukim were clear about a woman taking a vow while still in her father's domain, or still in her husband's domain, or while in her husband's domain, this case of a woman who vows en route, from the point that emissaries of the father had given her over to emissaries of the husband, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known how to view her, in base of Yah, in base Isha. Isha means her husband. Therefore, this passage comes to teach us we're not going to refer to her anymore as uh, she's considered in her husband's domain and the, with the, upon the death of this man of the husband that's waiting for her at the, upon his death the powers that he had are not transferred back uh, to the father's domain. V- uh, let's read that again. The stroke means that we have to do with the the passing back of of control over her vows to the father with the death of the husband and at that point the, the father can no longer the father at this, po- at, that, at this point cannot annul her vows so we see that the original um, status that existed namely girl under father's domain does not return the Ilunis Armalom in Erisin Adshilo Nimsrolishluchim, 
let us say she had become an almona at the Erusin stage before being given over to emissaries. When the husband dies, Nisrok the Rishuslav, the power of a vow annulment would go back to the father. The Alfina Lomikroy, and all of that is derived from Psukim. So, just to summarize, the Posuk Nedra Almonagusha tells us that once the girl is given over to the Shluchi Abal, she no longer uh, is in the father's domain, even if she becomes, as the Posuk says, an Almona at that point where the husband dies, she remains out of the father's domain. And once out, you don't go back. And therefore, in our case before, if she was given over to the Shluchi Ha-Baal, and she went back to her father's house and is Mizana, she is not going to receive Skila, rather, Chinik. Omar Papa Af Anan Nami Tanina. We have a long point marking. The Rapopa says we have a Mishnah that supports this as well. Habo al Narahamurasa, a uh, person that has intimacy with a woman that's Arusa to someone else. Eino Chayov Ashte Nara Basula Morosa Vihibavesaviyat. And um, when we say Eino Chayov, means uh, he won't. Uh, be uh, subject to skila unless uh, all of these um, elements are met. She has to be Nara, Basula, Morosa, and Bevesaviyat. So when we say Eino Chayav, we're referring to the penalty of skila, of, of we're dealing with someone that's committing, committing a capital a crime deserving of capital punishment execution but when we speak about Naomorosa you have to realize that deserves a special form of execution the, that of stoning otherwise when you're dealing with the intimacy uh, uh, with a married woman the penalty is chenek, is strangulation And now the Gemara analyzes each one of these expressions that we've labeled Aleph, Beis, Gimel, and Dalit, and what each one implies. Bishlamon Nara, Philobogeres. Very similar to what we saw earlier in today's Shir, that the word Nara, here it's in a, in a uh, Mishnah, we saw this from the, we saw this also in a Pasuk. But I understand the word Nara comes to exclude from Skila, no Skila, if the a woman that you had the illicit uh, intimacy with was a boger. She was above 12 and a half. Basula equals Velobula. That excludes a, a woman that already experienced intimacy, regardless of her age. If she's a Bula, she will not generate a, uh, a, a skilo penalty. Morosa Velo Nisua. The word Morosa indicates she's still in the state of Erison and hasn't reached Nisuin. What about that expression in this Mishnah? Lav Limute is it not coming to exclude Mosar Ho'av Lishluche Habal if a girl, she's an Arusa and the father gave her over to the husband's emissaries she would not be any more uh, the uh, the subject of skila of a skila penalty, but rather chenek. And so that we have in this Mishnah from Masechus Sanhedrin, we have a uh, support to the uh, brisa that we saw before uh, on Mem Zayin Rebbeis, where it said Mosrav bechenek. So that. By the way, we didn't explain before, but when Rav Papa said, Afana Nami Tanina, Rashi points out that we have learned, in fact, in this Mishnah, support for the information, the teaching that was featured in that Brisa back on Mem Zion, back on, uh, uh, excuse, correction, Mem Ches Omid Beis. Omar Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchok, Afanan Nami Tanina. We have likewise uh, in 
the Mishnah, the teaching that we saw before in the Brisa. Habo al Eishes Ish. Kevon shenichnesa lirishus habal inisuin. A man that has an intimacy with a married woman. Once she enters her husband's domain for nisuin, afal pi shelo nivalo. Even if she didn't have intimacy with her husband, she entered her husband's domain, but but didn't have intimacy with her husband. Habo oleo hareze bechenek. Anyone that has uh, any other man that has intimacy with her is subject to the chenek punishment. In this source, you see the expression any form of of entrance to husband's domain. It doesn't say in this source it doesn't say, for example, but rather, that includes the case of resulting in chenek, as we saw likewise in the Brisa on Memches Omid Beis. So that you see in this uh, section of Gemara, you see uh, Rav Papa and uh, Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak citing Mishnayis to support the Brisa, which gives a great deal of strength and reliability to such a Brisa. Throughout the Shas, you see from time to time the Gemara questioning the authenticity or reliability of different Brisa sources. Brises are not as authoritative as Mishnayis are, and hence, when you see this expression of Afana Nami Tanina, we've learned in a Mishnah information that supports a Brisa that is of value as far as the the uh, reliability of that particular Brisa. So we saw that happen here twice with regard to that Brisa back on Memchesomet Beis.